Welcome to the Choose You Now podcast. I'm your host, Juliana Hever, and we are back for our July Q&A. Hello, producer Sanford. Hello, producer Adam. Hi. Hey, what's up? And guess what, listeners? I'll do the hard sell up top. If you are a patron via patreon.com slash choose you now, you get to see all of us. You see me for the first time ever. You'll see Sanford, who will probably pop up when he starts talking. And you'll see the person who you paid to see, Juliana. Today, we'll talk all about stuff. That's why I'm not the host of this one anyway. But hello. The best. Hello, hello. Oh, how fun. Well, hello to all of you Patreons that are joining us uh, visually. And hello to all of you tuning in audibly. And uh, we're excited because it's July. We are, oh my gosh, we're like more than halfway done with the year. I can't even believe it. When did that happen? I don't know, but I I was talking to a friend of mine the other day just about New Year's Eve and how New Year's Eve felt like it was three weeks ago. So I don't know how this happened. Crazy. I wasn't even where I live right now in January. That's right. At the end of the year, I'm not even going to be living here. What? You're moving again? Oh, yeah. I'm going to buy a house. Uh, This is things that are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unrelated to, yeah, see, I chose where I lived and I, and I chose it now. (laughs) (laughs) I think we lost all of our listeners. (laughs) No, we didn't. This is exactly what they came to listen to. Adam's journey. No. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's jump into some cues. eh? All right. This is great. So actually, if you're listening to this episode on our launch day, today is July 24th. It is actually national parents day. So thank you to all of our moms and dads and chosen parents um, for everything that you do. I would imagine, Juliana, you get a lot of questions from parents about feeding their children healthfully. I work with a lot of families and I actually love working with families. And shout out to all the parents out there. It is no easy task, hardest thing in the world to be a parent. I know that intimately as a mom. And uh, yes, and so a lot of clients come to me and they say, it's kind of fun. I've worked with people that, you know, when they were pregnant, they wanted a healthy pregnancy and then a healthy, you know, infant uh, feeding and then toddler feeding. And I watch these children and these families kind of grow up and I think it's really kind of exciting. But of course, our nutrition needs change throughout our years and what we need and the types of foods and all that. But it's it is really important to think about your children and even starting in pregnancy, what you, the mom eats during pregnancy will impact the child for the rest of their life and even future generations. That's how strong and important diet is. And then, you know, of course, when you, I could say when I was pregnant, it was like, oh my gosh, you just want to keep this child, this, this baby in a bubble. You just want to protect it and do everything for it. And it really can come down to the food. And it's really amazing what power food has over long-term health for your child and grandchildren and all those all those future people in your uh, lineage, which is quite extraordinary to think about. So I always talk about this. I have a chapter in the Plant-Based Nutrition Idiot's Guide about how to raise your children healthy. And it's frustrating too, like to watch kids as they go out into the world and there's all this junk food and fast food and their friends are eating this and all of that stuff. And so there's a lot of stress and angst that parents have. I could speak myself um, from myself as well on that. And it's really, it's like you just don't want to like expose them to all that stuff, but you can't, you can't keep your kids in a bubble. I I know we all know that, but it's, it's a hard lesson to learn as a parent. So that said, 
No matter what happens in the world, the most important thing in terms of how you inspire your children to care about food, even if it's not till later, is to be the role model. All the research supports being the role model. And I, I say in my book, do as I say and as I do, because if you're sitting there saying, hey, eat your broccoli, but you're over there eating the ice cream and not eating the broccoli, the kids are seeing you eat the ice cream and they're going to kind of follow that instead. So the role modeling is the most important. That's what all the research supports. The other thing is just get them involved as much as you can. Like I remember, you know, starting a garden with my kids or taking them to farmer's markets or taking them to the market or having them look through recipes and choose something that sounds delicious. That's really helpful because if they're invested in it, they're more likely to be excited about it. Just like if you create like a buffet instead of, you know, just put one thing on their plate, like maybe they'll have, they'll get to choose, you know, if you want to make a taco bar, if you want to make a burrito bar or something like that, where they are pizza, make your own pizza, where they're getting involved, that will get them excited about food too. And of course, these, these all change throughout the lifespan and how old they are, but getting them involved, always having healthy food around, you know, if it's around, they're going to eat it and make it pretty. You know, I, I used to teach when my kids were little, I would go to their classrooms and make, you know, rainbow smoothies and talk about rainbows and, you know, just try to make it children language friendly, again, depending on their age. But the more involved they are, the better, the more healthful environment you provide, the better. And um, practice makes perfect. Just keep, keep, keep influencing them, keep inspiring them, keep the healthy food coming and uh, be the lighthouse, not the tugboat. Oh my God, I've never heard you say that before. And that's great. That needs to be on a t-shirt. Adam, make it happen. Uh, back to the merch store, yeah. Yeah, we got like a hundred now. Got to start actually writing them down. No, I'm kidding. Nicely we done. have them written down. Nicely done. Anyway, uh, that was great. Thank you for that. So again, thank you for to all the parents out there. We love you. We appreciate you. And we know that you have the hardest job in the world. Um, okay. Here are some questions from our lovely viewers. Our first one is from Pamela Karawia. Did I pronounce that right, Juliana? Do I don't know, know if I wrote that down right, actually. But yeah, I don't uh, know this person personally. Well, we're going we're gonna to say Pamela. Hi, Pamela. Hi, Thanks Pamela. for listening. Um, Pamela has a question about food combining. What are your thoughts on food combining? For example, fruit first, no protein, starch. Is there any science on this? I thought this was pretty interesting. It's so interesting. And I kind of got sucked into that when I was really young, like starting my journey towards understanding nutrition. And what is food combining? Let's start with that. It's basically a term or a concept or a diet that is basically alludes to an approach to eating that recommends using like specific combinations of foods and then avoiding certain combinations of foods. And, you know, it's touted as something for weight loss or for good digestion, even some hypotheses for improved health. And that kind of stems back to Ayurveda, Ayurvedic medicine, where they incorporate this principle into their recommendations. Basically, they consider every food to have a unique taste, which is called rasa, and a heating or cooling energy. I think it's virya, pardon my pronunciation. I haven't studied this that much, but I really want to study more. And uh, um, also this post-digestive effect called vipaka. Pardon my if I'm messing up the words, but it's interesting that they, they think that certain combinations of foods are thought to produce things like, you know, indigestion or putrefaction is a concept they talk a lot about or gas formation or fermentation. And they even um, hypothesize that this could lead to long term uh, toxemia or even chronic diseases. 
And then in 1951, Herbert Shelton popularized food combining in this book called Food Combining Made Easy. And there's been other derivations ever since. There's been so many. I remember reading all sorts of books and, and all sorts of manuals about this growing up. But the rules vary, but usually they're based on some kind of concept like eat fruit only on an empty stomach, uh, avoid combining starches with proteins, like Pamela's asking, or, or starches with acid foods, or different types of protein together, or you know, keeping dairy separate. There's all these different things to, that people use. Some say, um, you know, they use it based on the acid level, you know, based on some foods are more acidic providing and some are more uh, alkalizing. And there's this whole idea that if, you know, because our bodies digest things at a different rate, you know, depending on how, how it goes through the GI tract, that there's like this, this impact of um, them slowing each other down, slowing the things that are supposed to go through faster, going slower. So there's all these beliefs about this. But here's the shocking thing. There really is no data that supports this. And it's basically considered pseudo, sorry, is considered pseudoscience. I mean, here's the thing. Our bodies are so damn brilliant. Our bodies are amazing. Our bodies can regulate so many amazing things and we don't need to micromanage it as much as we try to micromanage it. So I think that's part of it. But let me say this. As a practitioner, over the last two decades working with clients and seeing there is some inter-individual variability amongst people. And, you know, maybe the microbiome is the number one reason for that, what, what dictates those differences. And so I do see certain people feeling differently with certain foods. Like I know like some people, if they eat fruit with something, it bothers their GI tract. Or if they have, you know, it just depends on the human body. So some people are a little bit different. Again, there is no science really supporting this exactly. So I always want people to feel good and feel their best. And I recommend they you know, just be very aware. And this is where food journaling comes into play or even, um, you know, if you're really having any kind of struggles with this and digestion, then you want to do maybe an elimination diet. It's quite extreme. We've talked about that here. We basically eliminate most foods and you just start with a very simple diet like brown rice or bananas or whatever. And then you add in a food at a time. It's draconian and horrible, but it's the most accurate way to know how your body will be and how your body, what body, what foods are best in your body. So listen to you, you do you, choose you now. And uh, those are just some things about that to consider. Choose you now. That's a great name for a podcast. Job. Thank you, Sanford. Yes, everybody. Thank, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and thank scene. You. I wish I had some play out music here. <laughs> um, that's great. But that was really interesting, though. That, that's that, there's a lot to unpack in that in that answer, Juliana. So nicely done. I, I would advise our, our listeners to rewind and listen to that again, just because there's a lot there's a lot to that answer. So thank you, thank you, Pamela, for that question. Our next question comes from Tracy. Um, should we limit or avoid coconut milk, coconut cream, coconut oil? What do you think about that? Well, as I saw the question, my first loud scream in my head is always yes with an exclamation point. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to actually like look at all those specific saturated fat grams and all those different products to compare and contrast. And I was blown away. And producers, I think you will be too. And Tracy, I think you might be too. I love coconut products. They're so delicious, especially I spent time in Thailand making these coconut curry dishes that were fabulous and coconut water. You get the fresh Thai coconut and you eat the meat out of it and it's so good. So I, I love it. It's delicious. 
it's very high in saturated fat. And one of the benefits of eating a plant-based diet is that you're minimizing or avoiding excessive amounts of saturated fat, which we know promote cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, all sorts of problems in the body. And, you know, the American Heart Association recommends keeping your saturated fat to less than 5 to 6% of total calories. Well, on a vegan diet, that's what naturally happens. So you add any servings of animal products or tropical oils like coconut, and you're going to amp up your saturated fat to levels that are health damaging long-term and chronically. So here's the fun facts, guys. One cup, we're going to compare and contrast. One cup of coconut milk, deliciousness, almost 51 grams of saturated fat. Now multiply that times nine and you get an amount of calories. And in the day, that's going to be way more than five to six to 7% of total calories. Okay. 51 grams for coconut milk. Now coconut oil, which is pure fat, you brace yourselves, guys, brace yourselves. One cup, I know most people aren't doing one cup of coconut oil, although some people really you know, are slathering that stuff into their bodies because they think it's a miracle food. One cup of coconut oil, 189 grams of saturated fat. Boom. That's insane. That's like a year's worth of saturated fat really right there. And then bless you, Sanford. I saw that. Raw coconut meat, which is also delicious. <laughs> I love that we're recording video for the first time. <laughs> um, one cup of raw coconut meat, which deliciousness, 24 grams of saturated fat. So that's, we're going down now because we're a whole foods, right? This is where there's fiber. We haven't extracted anything. It's just the fiber. And I believe coconut milk is the coconut meat milks mixed with the water. I believe, I think that's what I learned in, in Thailand, but I could be wrong. And then coconut water is totally fine. It's only got 0.4 grams of saturated fat. So if you think about it, contextually speaking, isn't that, isn't that kind of interesting? It's interesting. So you want to you want to minimize your intake of the oil and the milk. I think people automatically think it must be better for me. Not always better. Yeah, no, that's like sounds kind of gross. And I wasn't using <laughs> coconut oil anyway. Once you said it the first time I, at this point must have been like 16 months ago. It was the first time I heard you say this, like close to the beginning of the show. Um, but I have not done what you said to do with it. Just put it in your hair. Isn't that what you said? And face, skin, it's delicious. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's really good for massage oil. Yeah, I haven't done that, but this is making me want to, um, I'll keep it to the old EVOO if anything, I think. I was about to say, if, if our Patreon viewers are interested in watching a video of Adam putting coconut oil on his face, I please let us it. know. Unreal. And um, hey, we're, we aim to please, so there you go. <laughs> You Choose you now got 10,000 subscribers yeah. after that episode. <laughs> Nobody knew why. <laughs> um, thank you, Tracy. Thank you for that question, Tracy. Really, really great. Um, and that'll, that's going to go in the LGR, just FYI. Um, okay, our next question is from Julie. This is a good one. This is on all of our minds. I think men, women, young and old, what are the best ways to reduce cellulite? I think I know the answer to this question. But I'm going to let you answer first, and I'll let you know. I'll be honest and let you know if this is what I think the answer is. No, I think you need to say it first, please. I don't think there's a way to to healthily get rid of cellulite naturally. That's my answer. But I'm also not at all schooled in this, so I have no idea. So I could be totally wrong. 
I love that. That's thank you for sharing that. That's a great. It's a great question, and it's a great response that you would that you're expecting. But I'm I might be a little bit different than that. So let's talk about what is cellulite. Basically, cellulite is a skin condition. It affects up to eighty percent of postpubertal women. So it's mostly a woman's issue. It's different from just obesity because. With obesity, we have fat cells, your adipocytes, and they get bigger. They hypertrophy, and um, cellulite is characterized by basically large, metabolically stable fat cells, adipocytes, that are usually limited to the lower body area. So, like your pelvis, your thighs, your abdomen. There are all sorts of things that people try to do to reduce cellulite. There's topical agents. There's these devices. There's something called subcision liposuction, injectables, dermal fillers. There's all been peer-reviewed studies on these things looking at safety and efficacy for cellulite treatment. However, despite multiple therapeutic approaches that are attempting to treat this condition, there really are no long-term successful procedures, as you're saying, Sanford. But there are some newer treatments like contouring, and these other non-invasive procedures, these newer ones that are being used that actually do have some potential. And I saw a paper in dermatologic surgery that showed this, this ultrasound method that seems to be efficacious, effective, safe. So for correcting all the stuff, and that's kind of interesting to reduce the appearance of cellulite. But of course, number one, if it's, it's fat, it's basically a part, it's a version of fat. It's a version of fat, hello, and um, basically that means, you know, diet first, diet first. I always tell everyone you're not broken. It is always the diet. Food matters. And so if you want to get rid of cellulite, you want to reduce fat, you could read the Choose You Now diet. You could listen to the podcast because we talk about weight loss all the time and um, diet first and movement, exercise, you know, filling up muscle, having, you know, improving your your metabolic system and your the appearance of the skin filling out that volume. You know, when you build up muscle, it fills in the skin. So that might help as well. But um, diet first, exercise, of course, and then maybe perhaps exploring some of these procedures if, if you're interested and this is something that's accessible for you. I know it's not accessible for most people, but some things to consider. Interesting. You see, you learn something new every day on the Choose Your Now podcast. There you go. I didn't think that was the answer, so nicely done. Thank you for that. Um, here's another question from CEC Fitness. What do you think about dried fruits, like dates? Are they good to eat? I love dried fruits, and I love dates. In fact, dates is one of my sweeteners of choice. I use that. I use a date paste, date syrup. Now they have date syrup made in bottles, so you don't have to make it. It's so much easier. But I love it as a, a, a wonderful form of sweetener because they're so sweet. Now, the people that I work with that are trying to lose weight, most people that come to me are trying to lose weight. And dried fruit is basically a concentrated food, right? It's, you know, the original fruit has all the water. And the way you get dried fruit, of course, is by dehydrating the fruit and taking out the water. And so that makes it more calorically dense. And uh, it's still nutritious and fabulous, still got all the fiber, so it's not like a juice. A juice is basically you take the fruit and you squeeze out the liquid and get rid of the fiber. And it's kind of the opposite, right? You're getting rid of the water and keeping all the fiber in the fruit. So I, you know, I think dried fruits are fabulous. They're great for to-go foods. They're great for people hiking and doing long endurance in long events, like endurance events. I know when I was in, writing my first book, I interviewed some 
triathletes and some Ironmen. And uh, they, I remember hearing these stories of just putting dates in coconut water and that was what they were using. Their, like it would dissolve as they were running. I, I remember I interviewed someone that he was a hundred miler runner, a hundred mile runner. And he, that's what he, that's what he fueled himself with. So I think uh, dried fruit and dates are excellent for long endurance, long endurance events. And uh, for, you know, just great portable food, very nutritious, delicious, sweet, good as sweeteners. Now, you know, we always talk about sweeteners here and I don't recommend refined sweeteners at all, but I do recommend that as the number one way to sweeten and to balance a recipe out. So like I'll use either maple syrup or date syrup or dates for a dressing or a sauce or something like that. Uh, and it's great for a dessert. And if you're not trying to lose weight, it's amazing. Like incorporate it. It counts as your fruit servings for the day. Sorry, sometimes it takes me a minute to <laughs> press my mute button. I apologize. Um, I know when I when I saw that question, Juliana, it all I also thought of, um, and I know this wasn't the original question, but you're also a proponent of um like frozen vegetables as well. Oh yeah. I love frozen fruits and vegetables. And I don't think any health expert would say anything against them because not only are they healthy and, but they're accessible, right? You could always have frozen fruits and vegetables in your freezer. So like if I'm traveling, I used to travel all the time. I knew that when I got home, I would have vegetables and fruits ready to go because I didn't have to go to the store because they're always in my freezer. But they're also like you get, it's actually a good way to save money too, shockingly, because they are, you know, you you yield the entire bag. It's not like you have to chop and get rid of all the extra waste, like when you're chopping vegetables and fruits. So it's like a full yield benefit. The other thing is mostly when you, it's, it's harvested, the fruit or vegetables are harvested and flash frozen. So it retains the nutrients sometimes even better than by the time it's on the, you know, it's harvested, it's put on the truck and it has to drive to the market and then it has to get onto the shelf and then it sits on the shelf and then you have to take it home and then it sits on your shelf. And by that whole long period, you know, as soon as it's harvested, the nutrients start to, of course, decline, right? It's just, it's not attached to the soil anymore where it's getting the source of nutrients. So it's an interesting thing to think about. And uh, I always recommend having frozen fruits and vegetables always at the ready. Um, I eat I eat frozen vegetables now because of you, FYI. Um, that's great. Thank you for that question, CEC underscore fitness. So as we mentioned at the top of today's podcast, um, again, if you're listening to this on launch day, July 24th, it is National uh, Parents Day. But what you may not know, today is also, um, no joke, International Self-Care Day, which I just think is wildly appropriate given our podcast. So we have one more question. Um, we've gotten like versions of this question before, um, but I just think, I don't know, today just seems like the right day to ask this. It's from Terry from um, Santa Fe. And I think she, she asked something that I think just a lot of us might be feeling. So this is what she writes. I just discovered your podcast. I love the idea of choosing yourself. I have three kids, a full-time job, a husband and a dog. I'm really good at prioritizing my family, but not myself. I hear how your guests choose themselves, and I'm sure you've been asked this before, but how can someone like me choose myself in the most basic, easiest way? And I will also add that, um, so thank you for that question, Terry, and I, um, I love Santa Fe, but I will also add that, you know, we are living right now, we are back to living culturally in, in like unsettling times, right? So even though our, our, our lives that we are in control of 
might be going great and that's great. The outside world isn't what we want it to be or we want it to be better or different. So I think we can all use a little refresher, Juliana, on how we can choose ourselves in a very basic way. We don't need to, we don't need anything. We just need ourselves. What would you, what would you say to someone like Terry? Well, thank you, Terry, for your question and Stanford for the way you just described it. I think it's the most important question. And that is the fundamental concept of the show. It's the fact that when you get on an airplane, you have to put on your, if, if God forbid, <laughs> you know, you're, something's happening and the oxygen mask come on, come down and you need to put on your oxygen mask before you could help anyone else. And I try to remind my clients every day is that you want to be the best mom and spouse or partner or sister or daughter or friend or whatever, parent to those around you and best at your work, all of that. And, and we give, give, give and all of that, but you have to take care of you so that you can be the best version of yourself to do all of those things in the best possible way. So what does that mean to you? I love that there's an international self-care day. That's so amazing. And every day should be international self-care day, but it's not. So let's just have this as a reminder. And what does that mean? It means what do you do to choose you now? What can you do? Even if it's just a minute, I tell my clients, even if you just put your feet on the ground, feel your feet on the ground, ground yourself, even if it's just three deep breaths, or even if it's listening to a meditation or going for a walk or doing going to the gym or eating a nourishing meal or petting an animal, you know, or, you know, looking into the eyes of an animal that is so soothing, right? Or cuddling with your loved one or um, taking a hot shower or taking a two extra minute long, longer shower or giving yourself the choice to, you know, have a day of deliciousness or a choice to stay on track or getting a massage or massaging someone else. What feels good for you? There is no right or wrong. There's no good or bad or superficial or too important. It all matters. All that matters is that you are soothing your soul and nourishing yourself in any way, shape, or form that feels resonant for you. If it's getting out into nature, if it's drinking a cup of tea, there's infinite ways for you to do that. And, you know, we always talk here on the show. It's so funny. We've interviewed so many people in so many domains in the world, not just healthcare professionals. We've interviewed celebrities and, you know, fashion and fitness. We And, and Sanford, you and I have, have done this with so many people because even our 39 episodes of, of uh, What Would Juliana Do? We interviewed so many people in so many different areas. It always comes down to the same thing, right? Eat healthy, move more, do something for stress and, re, you know, relaxation, mindfulness, basically try to improve your sleep, choose the people around you that nourish your soul and try to limit or avoid those that zap your soul and do something for yourself. It really, really matters. You will be better in the world. You will be able to take care of you so that you can be healthy and your best self and, uh, and thrive. I love that. Hey, Adam, serious question. How do you choose yourself? Seriously? Do you do something every day that sort of, cause I love, I love the, the phrase of nourishing your soul. I really do. It, it resonates with me for some reason. What do you do Adam to nourish your soul? 
It's a really good question that I've never been asked, even though we've done this a ton. I hear our guests asked it all the time. I don't know. I mean, but maybe it's worth giving a bit of context and background on me since listeners, viewers, you really don't know too much about me other than that I'm the third voice on the Q&As. But I, I do podcast production and video production all the time. And I, I did this, started doing this in my own business in 2020. From that point on, like my life has pretty much just been focusing on that, on work. I'm obsessive to a fault. That means that I don't choose myself all the time, actually hardly ever. And it means that because there are so many factors of the entrepreneurial journey out of your control, Juliana knows this, Sanford knows this, maybe some of you listening and watching know this. Um, I don't choose myself in the healthiest of ways. Rather, I will take control of the sensory experiences that I can dictate, which normally means that I fall victim to vices like sweets and booze. Now, how do I choose myself in a productive way? I think that comes and goes in spurts. I've not been consistent with it, but I, you know, taking the 30 to 30 minutes to 75 minutes to go for a walk outside and just go from zero to 10,000 because my commute is from the upstairs bedroom to this basement studio um, is one of the things that I do. Uh, right now it's in, um, it's in documenting my journey in video form. You know, I think that's the way, some of the ways that I choose me. I'm not necessarily serving a, a client or Juliana or you, the viewer, the listener in this time. Um, but I sit here almost hypocritically without a constant choice. That is mine. And I, I look somewhat cynically, almost cynically at guests who come in and who have demonstrated so much success in their career to the point that they're elevated to the profile that they qualify for this show, who tell me that they have developed consistent habits that they don't trade off on. I sometimes sit back in the chair with the camera off and I say, well, that's easy for you to say now. I'm sure you weren't doing that in the first year or two years of building whatever you are now, becoming a nutrition or fitness or whatever guru, whatever it is. So I'd like to think that I'll have something like that eventually. I don't have it now, and when it happens, it normally falls back on exercise. Again, just a sensory experience that I can control. I think that's what I optimize for, but it's never manifested in one pillar permanently. That was like a bit of an in-depth answer, but like that's no, where I'm coming from. Really interesting. Because you do make a really interesting point. Our guests are, our hosts and our guests are storied individuals who have succeeded on a multitude of levels. And I think one might think, well, yeah, sure, Juliana, you, you're at the top of your game. Of course you can choose yourself. Of course you can take a walk every day. But the truth is, number one, you're all human beings struggling with, everyone has struggles with whatever it is. And I think people also think that, well, when I'm young, I don't need to choose myself. Or when I'm starting out, I don't need to choose. And not, I, I am in no way I'm belittling by calling you young or starting out. But but it's it's very interesting. And I will often think, listening to our guests that because I think one one thing our guests do really well some some of them get it and some of them don't and I mean no disrespect to any of our guests but like sometimes when you ask the question Juliana they don't give a real answer because we really are looking for that real answer what do you do and um but it's we've never had someone Adam say something what you said like I don't do anything yet I'm not there yet I just I find that really interesting I really do what about you, Sam? Yeah, yeah, go for it. 
Well, I try, so I try to move every day. That is my, that's the thing that I try to do. I try to exercise. Um, this might sound a little bit silly, but I try to drink as much water with lemon every day. And when I, and I usually drink the glass in one slurp of a straw. This is going to sound so insane. And viewers and listeners, please do not write weird comments. Uh, but <laughs> in, the, in the moment it takes me, to consume this lemon water, I shut everything out. So I will often take the drink longer than it normally needs to be taken because that is a moment for me to just like, I don't need to worry about anything right now. And I, I, I realize that might sound a little odd, but I also love, um, I live in New York City, um, but I also love, especially during the winter, I love, go, I, don't, I don't love going to the beach during the summer. I'm not a beach guy. I love going to the, to the beach in the winter and the fall in the winter. And I will often say, that that experience nourishes my soul. I love that expression. My friend Lauren Sambataro, who is also a podcaster and is a fitness expert, but she taught me that expression, nourishing your soul. And I think, but I think, but I think you, what I think is so interesting though is that there's no guidebook for nourishing yourself. There's no guidebook for choosing you now. It's whatever you deem feeds you. That's that's what it needs to be. So it can be it can be anything. Choosing now diet. Juliana is, is, is holding up her Choose You New Diet. There is a manual. Why are you holding that? <laughs> oh, there is a manual that Choose You Now. <laughs> yes, 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 there is. But I guess what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is I think people think it's this complicated process. And the truth is like Terry from Santa Fe, and Terry, I am not a doctor. We all know that. But, you know, I have friends who are, are parents to small children. They have a chaotic life. And I know that the father, not the mother, um, they have like a sizable closet. It's not a walk-in closet, but the father will take his coffee. He will walk into his closet, close the door and sit in the dark for five minutes. And it's not out of, it's not of like, oh my, get me, let me get the hell out of here. It's very intentional. It's, I need, I need my five minutes sitting peacefully in the dark. And that's how he chooses himself. I find that because we all have our own way. We all have our own way. And I think Adam will find his way, but it's not going to be with the Orioles. They've won 10 in a row. He's wearing an Orioles uh, shirt, by the way, folks, just in case you cannot see well, us. We're no sense. Yankees, well, but we're we can, okay. We can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, everybody, for your questions. As, as usual, this is honestly my favorite. These are my favorite episodes, so thanks, everybody, for participating. And if you are still listening to this, <laughs> kudos to you, friends. Kudos to you. Well, I want to say thank you, producer Adam and producer Sanford, for your beautiful, honest answers. And everyone out there, you could see why I love these guys so much and appreciate them so much. And I want to wish all of you a very happy International Self-Care Day. Let's try to take this moment of that thought of International Self-Care Day into every day a little bit here and there. And just this is a nice reminder of that. And uh, thank you all for your questions. I love these Q&As so much too. And if you are inspired and enjoy the Choose You Now podcast, become a member of our Patreon page. You could see us live now in our Q&As. Hello, hello. You could find that at patreon.com slash choose you now. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash choose you now. And you'll have access to exclusive content. 
Please subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Rate and review us on iTunes, only if you love us. And send us an email with questions and comments at chooseyounowpodcast at gmail.com. For nutrition services and more information, visit me at plantbaseddietitian.com. I invite you to choose yourself now, and I'm signing off with lots of leafy green love.